Welcome to episode 66 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and back with me today is my co-host, Mr. Matthew Aguilar. What up, peoples? And in a continuation of our previous episode, we've brought back Mr. Connor Casey. Back for round two. Back for round two because uh, we got to see how you and Matt stacked up on your predictions about WWE's Clash of Champions event that took place over the weekend. So we did a preview of it, our last episode. Now we're back to bring you uh, the recap to see if you guys are still wrestling experts or if we need to start looking for some new uh, wrestling co-hosts. Well, we'll determine that all by the end of the show today. Uh, But that's not the only high-pressure thing we got going on. In our news section today, we are going to be talking about uh, a curious reappearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's coming up. A new streaming service that we might all have to pay for. We will also be talking about The Suicide Squad, because director James Gunn has made some big official proclamations about that. And we will also be talking a little bit about some new stuff that is coming on the horizon, including Creep Show, plus our new segment, Grenade, is back, and we've got something fun for you guys to discuss today. That's all in our new segment after we come back from the break, so don't miss out on that. All right, so we are back, and in our news flash today, I just wanted to say a very solemn kind of condolences. Uh, we don't usually get serious on the show. We try to keep it about entertainment and keep it lighthearted, but every so often we do have to address serious things that are happening in and around the industry. And there was a big death today that we just want to say rest in peace to, and uh, that's to Movie Pass. R.I.P. Movie Pass. Uh, you lured me into. <laughs> so- I was like, I was like, did someone? Pass before the show. <laughs> I was like, really like, dead, man. oh god, distraught. No, movie pass oh, is dead. So, all right. in the slowest uh, <laughs> roll towards the inevitable that we all saw coming a year ago, movie pass has died for and died in under the uh, auspicious uh, infamy of being one of the worst ideas in probably cinema for a business standpoint. Um, that was a great idea, right? Well, it was and at first, but like... When I don't know why I actually, said that like Scooby-Doo, by the well, way. Well, people were <laughs> really using it. I don't like, know why I said that. And they realized, oh, we don't actually have the capital to sustain this whole yeah. thing we've created. It's a bad business yeah. People actually will go to movies a lot yeah. and not pay for a lot of movies. And so, yeah. Anyway, Movie Pass was a subscription that lets you go see a bunch of movies for uh, just for paying a monthly fee. And you got to kind of just make the theater your second home, walk in and walk out, do whatever you want, see whatever you want. Um, but when people began to actually use it and use it to their discounting advantage, it became unprofitable and it just, they tried, it was a slow, cumbersome, just embarrassingly. Cause at some point it was like, it went from any movie to two movies a day. One is at like 1am and the other one is like two in the afternoon. It's like, who can go to these? And they yeah. were like, not every they title. They kept trying to like split the hairs uh, and make it, it was just bad. So we're not going to dwell on this. R.I.P. R.I.P. Movie Pass, long live AMC stubs, I guess. Well, I was going <laughs> to say AMC and Regal both have their own yeah. versions of this that because that, they're companies. And they seem profitable. Yeah. Funny how you that know, works. Yeah. So. Because they know how to actually put the money back into their theaters and whatnot. Yeah, so, uh, exactly. Movie Crazy. Pass is trying to find their way in there. R.I.P. Movie Pass. Moving right along. There's been a rumor that we're going to get a big return to the MCU. No, kids. It's not Spider-Man. So don't hang on to this segment <laughs> thinking that's happening. That's still not happening. Hashtag save Spider-Man. Yeah. Hashtag save Spider-Man. But uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is being rumored to pop up again back from the dead in 
probably like one of the only places he could be, uh, which is in the Black Widow movie. Yeah. Um, now, of course, like I said, this is one of the only places you could possibly fit an appearance from Tony Stark in the MCU going forward after his epic heroic death in Avengers Endgame. Uh, but since Black Widow does take place in the time in between uh, Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War, there's, you know, there's a fair amount of room for Iron Man mm -hmm. to make an appearance or to reveal that he, if not with Steve Rogers, he had some contact with Natasha or he's just a peripheral player in whatever Natasha's handling or doing. Um, but I brought this up because I wanted to get you guys' opinion. Is this a good thing that's going to be kind of fan service that's going to make you happy? Or do you think we're beginning to get a little too shoehorned with, like, are we going to go to Star Wars with, like, bringing back characters to appear in, like, every phase that we got to get an Iron Man scene or a Captain America scene? Or is it just, like, kind of, do we need more time to just let those deaths sit, let the absence kind of fill these movies and, and kind of go ahead without maybe relying on this crutch? What do you guys think? I don't think it's so much about shoehorning in, and I don't actually have a problem with them bringing him back in some capacity. I just think it's way too early. He just died and yeah. was a huge part of Spider-Man Spider Far From Home anyway. So we really haven't felt the effects of his death beyond just how Peter Parker felt about it. And I want to see the whole world move on from him first before we go, okay, here he is back in a hologram or a flashback or something. I mean, if you just bring him back yeah. on the next movie, it's like, how, it's how can weird, we miss you if you don't go away? It's a weird space, though, right? Because Bla because of where Black Widow takes place, there's not a lot of opportunities without. Because, I mean, if you've been reading the comics for the last several years, Tony was dead for like a year, and he came back as he was still in, in like three of the books well, because he was, he was an AI. He was dead. But he left was, behind was, his AI. Yeah, and his AI even create like even tutored a uh, Ironheart, like it's a full on thing. So like they could always do that if they really wanted to get Tony Stark back into the MCU and get around that. But I think this is a weird thing. Like, I understand why you would do it, and I honestly think. It's okay. I agree with you typically. Like, I think it should be movies and movies before we ever actually see a Tony Returns or anything like that. But at the same time, it's like you're not going to get a lot of lot more movies that take place in the past that take place in a span of time that you could literally be able to fit it in so smoothly. It's it's hard. Like, I get why they would want to take advantage of it. Fans would like to see him, even if it's just a whatever, they'll go nuts. Yeah. Because, oh, he's back. Even, and they understand that it doesn't have any ramifications on future movies and stuff. They get it. But it's, it's weird. I get of, it, though. Think, about the, think about the impact, though. If he comes back in Black Widow, people, fans will go, oh, we just saw you a year ago, but hey, it's nice to, nice to see you again. But if it takes five years for RDJ to finally pop up in something, yeah. even if it's a cameo, Oh, people are going to lose their minds. I agree with you that length is better in this case. Like, the further we can get away from it, the more impact it has. I just understand why they would want to do it because this yeah. is a weird case. It's not like Black yeah. Widow takes place in the future. It takes no. place in the past, and yeah. she's dead. <laughs> so, play devil's advocate, like, it, there is a certain amount of possible necess organic necessity to this. Um, obviously, Tony Stark goes through a lot of changes between the end of where he's left in Civil War and where we catch up with him in Infinity War. Yeah. And the MCU has always been, the dirty little secret of it has always been how Iron Man just goes through these massive transitions <laughs> in between like yeah. the spin-off films to the main Avengers films. 
Um, like, yeah, he's always just had some inexplicable change and is in some new place by the time we come back for an Avengers film. And it's like, oh, we don't have time to explain that. This is an Avengers film. We got to get going. So, Re- like, relationships and children change people, Kofi. Well, I know. But, like, I'm just talking about this is Infinity War, so he doesn't have any of that yet. He's got Pepper. They're engaged. Uh, yeah. And at the end of Civil War, he kind of is, like, taking – he's with the government. And we never really saw the, the longer fallout of that. Like, what did it mean that Tony went with the Sokovian Accords? What did he become after that that allowed him to kind of operate and still be like a street hero by the time Infinity War and he's fighting, you know, the uh, Black Order out on the streets of New York and is still a very public hero? Like, how do we go from the conditions of Civil War to that is, is an unexplained story. That's one of That's the true. most interesting parts of Civil War in the comics. Like, yeah. I like the, I love the Civil War event as it is in the, in the books, but one of the most interesting things was, just like Secret Invasion, one of the most interesting things is Dark Reign, right? It's the after effects yeah, exactly. and seeing all these heroes deal and with it. Kind of, yeah, the structural change. And MCU never did that. Yeah, and they haven't. So Black Widow could be a good way. I mean, even if Natasha never sees Tony, she could be in places where she's, I mean, it could be as simple. I mean, Captain America's in Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But he's in Spider-Man Homecoming as a video. And he's in Thor, right? Yeah, as exactly. a as, as Loki. Loki. As a person. Loki. Yeah, so. But I, I like the Spider-Man one because it's, it's a clear sign of how these things actually can organically fit into yeah. a new movie without really being the distracting cameo that we might think. I like, get that. So if Natasha's watching a news conference about Tony declaring something or something that establishes you know, how he moved on from Civil War, that's just kind of cleaning up things and I feel like Black Widow is going to be <laughs> the reason they did it this way is also going to be an undercover way of kind of smoothing out that gap between Civil War and Infinity War. Makes sense. Um, I could do it. Using the story in the peripherals of this. Story. And she's a great character to do it with. So yeah, I mean, exactly. Because yeah, she's kind of on everybody's side and yeah. moves on through everything and, and would be the one who would be able to kind of be the the bridge between like Tony and, and Steve and all that. I'm sold on that. She even though she always kinda hated Tony no matter what side she was on. Yeah, I mean but that's okay. <laughs> Once you see Iron Man too, like I would too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The other part of this was uh, we have rumors once again that a Silver Surfer movie is coming. I mean, I don't put any faith into anything in the Fantastic Four franchise yet until I actually see it happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I was just thinking like, yeah. I, I'm ready for a Silver Surfer movie. I think that would be a cool one to do. Like, Do you get Lawrence Fishburne to voice him? No. Dang it. <laughs> that, was, that was like a good thing about the, the you know, rise of that the Silver Surfer movie. Yeah, that, that was movie. the good thing about that movie. Yeah, that was the good thing The shining that. part of that was, the so everything about the Silver Surfer in that was awesome. Everything else was kind terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Like, oh, gosh. But they did that right. They got that right. So Yeah. And... Well, yeah, I love Lawrence Fishburne as it, but I also like the Silver Surfer from the comics. Who's like, I love the images of Silver Surfer where he's just raging and kind of like yeah. screaming in space with his fists all lit up and his eyes all lit up. When pissed off, Silver Surfer is my favorite. Mm-hmm. So uh, Lawrence Fishburne was a too, little bit too robotic and subdued for me. I mean, he's got the baritone tones, of course. Yeah. He can, he can but, go like, crazy. We saw John Wick three. Yeah, he could, but like in that performance, they didn't. No, they didn't tap it that way. That wasn't their thing. Um, but I, I want to see the Surfer as like a tormented man who's you know, doing something to protect his world but can't ever go home, but, like, you know, that kind of stuff and has to fly through the scariest, you know, things of space and sac- and sacrifice worlds. Like, that's a heavy story. Like, that's a good one. That's a great... His his origin story, like, is actually really compelling. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, the, the materials there, also, it can very much be, like, you know, where, like, in Aquaman, when the trench happened, 
it's such a jarring, like, oh crap, we went from all this beautiful like water and like adventure stuff, and then all of a sudden we go here. You can do that times ten yeah. with Silver Server because you can literally be going through untouched space. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, the scariest. Crazy yeah, like you can stuff. really go creative and with like, it. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a and he's a character you can do scary. Like, you could have a bunch of freaky aliens dogpile Silver Surfer and like yeah. look like he's getting smothered for a second because and then have him break out, interact yeah. with Earth. You know, heroes is like he can do both. So I'm not necessarily like it's not on the top of my list as far as like what I want right now, but I am interested in it. No, I think with the right filmmaker, the imagery of Silver Surfer would like totally redefine Marvel cosmic. Absolutely do that. And I would love to see that door get blown open. So I'm plugging here for Silver Surfer. Bring me my Silver Surfer. All right. Uh, Moving (laughs) right along. So we were talking about how many streaming services we're looking at paying for. We're trying to keep a running total to see what it compares to our cable bill right now. I think right now we're signed up for Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Uh, we got uh, Disney, Plus. Disney Plus coming. Warner Media. Warner Media. HBO coming. Max. HBO Max. Oh, wait, was Warner Media and HBO Max different? Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah, HBO yeah, Max HBO is Max now. HBO Max is Warner Media. Media. CBS All Access can't forget that. Never yeah. forget DC that. DC Universe. Uh, that's the one we're going to be losing. But yes, <laughs> we have that. And now, just as I was writing yesterday, because they announced that uh, Seinfeld is heading to Netflix in 2021, and I was writing up that article, and I was like saying, like, oh, you know, it's funny when you think about it, you know, in the media wars right now, like, everybody's landed at a home. Like, FX and Fox are with the Hulu Disney stuff. Like, you know, ABC is also with the Disney stuff. CBS mm-hmm. has its own thing. Like, all these stations are kind of, like, forming up. And I was like, but NBC is still in the middle, and they still have great shows that they mm-hmm. can kind of distribute where they want. Well, that was yesterday, and today is today. And today we now know that NBC is coming out swinging with their own streaming service, The Peacock, which <laughs> I really love because the memes and jokes have already started yeah, it's, writing it's, themselves. The headlines are amazing. Yeah, The Peacock is just... Uh, it's still very weird to use it in sentences. Yeah, right? I've used it. I've said it in a couple sentences now. I've written about this a couple times this morning and I've been like, this is still weird. This is going to be weird for a while. Yeah, and they're coming out swinging with uh, like a lot of this. Basically... We're talking, this is a streaming service where we're going to be talking about things like Saved by the Bell reboots, Battlestar Galactica reboot, a possible Office reboot, like mm. Punky Brewster Punky reboot. Punky Brewster reboot, like, yeah, I mean, it goes 30 rocks equal for me. That would be like my thing that I, on my wish list. But yeah, NBC has had some great shows from must see TV from the 90s all the way to like their must see kind of their, their unique comedy blocks yeah. that they had in the 2000s. Uh, I mean, they fall in the F off now. Like, I mean, besides like picking up Brooklyn besides Will and Grace and, Will and, and Brooklyn Nine Nine, the Good and, Place. Uh, excuse both of you. Thank you very much. But these that are things that are like, I will shame on me. These are like shame okay, on me. Yes, one of the place. best comedies in years. Thank you. Through. Okay, nobody's crabbing on this, but we're just saying. Well, no, I just, like, I forgot it. These are like the respirators that are keeping <laughs> NBC's legacy shame of great yes. like showmaking going. Yes. Like, and these are the only ones. And these are like the miracle kids. Oh, they've fallen off definitely from the time of Friends and dominating. Into the 2010s, where they were like, "We're not going to do these crazy eccentric comedies like The Office and Parks and Rec and Thirty Rock anymore. We're going to go back to traditional comedies because that's what America wants." Yeah. Like, you know, you crap the bed with that, and they've just had a bunch of canceled stuff that none of us can remember since then. So, absolutely, you know, good. I'm glad that they're kind of in the streaming service. They'll be, I hopefully, just getting back to their best content lives. Yeah. And I don't care if you just reboot the whole library from the mid two thousands. Like that's enough for me. I mean, honestly, that's from so from, and I forget uh, her title. 
uh, but Bonnie Hammer was talking about their lineup and essentially saying that, um, you know, there really are going to like, if they have new content on here, if they end up putting an old show on here and it kills in streaming, they are going to develop a new thing based on said property. So, and like, she was just like, we're gung ho. Like literally if it's going over well, you can expect we're going to take advantage of having, and they have a killer classic lineup. Like it's Cheers, yeah. Frasier, like of course, Office and Parks and Recreation and all those, yeah. uh, 30 Rock as well. I mean, Remember they're going to have all the Saturday Night like, Live yeah. stuff, you know? So like they have a killer classic lineup. It's all the shows I watch on Netflix now. Yeah. Is their lineup for that? And they're so yeah, they're probably going uh, to get me. I think Friends will eventually like because Friends is NBC. Yeah, Yeah, Friends is still no Friends is Warner. I think it's Warner Brothers, and they'll get that back after Netflix their deal ends. But like they had to pay five hundred million to get The Office back. Yeah, that's insane. (laughs) It's it's Netflix's most lucrative. Yeah, Yeah. like it's insane. One of the best syndicated series like out right now, if not the top syndicated series out. Besides Big Bang Theory. I am curious because there is uh, talks right now of a Frasier reboot and a revival, actually. They own Frasier. Like, it's going to be one of their things. But I'm curious to see, like, if that's a pretty high-profile thing. Do they put it on NBC, like, traditional broadcast TV? Or do they make that kind of stuff exclusive to the service? At this point in the game, I would would sync them. I would just do, like, like Like some crazy HBO Go thing, like, you know, yeah, as soon as the minute after it airs, it's on the streaming service. That makes yeah. sense. That could work. Yeah. Yeah. So also right. bring back scrubs, you cowards. Oh, yeah, <laughs> scrubs too. Jeez. Man. So basically, yeah. We're quickly coming down the pike to getting rid of those cable bills and just seeing what our total streaming service package is going to look like. Uh, So by 2022, I feel like that's what we'll be talking about. And we look forward to seeing you in that future on episode 100, 200, whatever the F it's going to be by then. But uh, who knows? Comic Book Nation. All right. In the future, moving right along to one of our main stories of the day, The Suicide Squad. So, we've been kind of excited about James Gunn kind of coming back and making this Suicide Squad thing. Oh, my God. I don't know what I did here when I put in these links. I I did a lot of copy and pasting errors. I'm not going to. I'm not lying. But he uh, revealed the full cast of the Suicide Squad. And it was much more. I mean, we've been following rumors. (laughs) Like, yeah, man. We've been following rumors and and thought we were on top of this pretty regularly here at uh, Comic Book Nation. I mean, we knew things like Ant-Man star David Dasmalchian, John Cena. We knew Jai Courtney was back. We knew Nathan Fillion was rumored. Joel Kinnaman was back. Um, we had heard Sean Gunn. I mean, it's James Gunn. So we knew Sean Gunn, Michael Rooker would all automatically off the, back, off the bat be in it. We knew, we knew Pete Davidson from SNL was rumored. We knew Taika Waititi was going to be in it. Um, and then we started hearing things that were even increasingly crazy, like, you know, Peter Capaldi from yeah. Doctor Who was going to be in it. Um, and we knew, like, yeah, I mean, the big three, of course, were Viola Davis is going to be back as Amanda Waller, Idris Elba's taking over the central role from Will Smith for this time, because he's busy, uh, and Margot Robbie's obviously back as Harley Quinn. But, man, we got the full cast list. And normally when we get, like, a full cast list these days, it's like, oh, there's that one or two other person that we yeah. thought, not the Suicide Squad. No, in addition to those names I just read off, we also have uh, Joaquin, Joaquin uh, Cosio. Myling NG, Flula Borg, Juan Diego Bodo, Storm Reed, 
Steve, a G. I feel like you're just making up names at this point. Tanishi, Kajesi, <laughs> uh, Daniela, Melquire, uh, Julio Ruiz, Jennifer Holland. Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know who all those people are, but like I saw some <laughs> pictures on the internet. We have some great memes and stuff. But uh, it is, I mean, it's a pretty eclectic and diverse cast. I mean, just from the names, you I also can totally, much tell that. I totally lost my mind because I thought uh, Tanache was one of those people cast in there, but it's a different <laughs> Tanache. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were like so excited about I was about so that. excited. And then Charlie went, uh, it's a different Tanache. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that killed your, that killed your parade. I Boom. For that. But I, I mean, it would um, be awesome. Yeah, oh, we didn't even mention in the NBC thing. Battlestar reboot by Sam Esmail, Mr. Robot Creator. Oh, yeah, that was your like, big... Yeah, that was my big thing, and I'm forgetting my own big thing. That's Dr. pretty Mind big. I want to see that Battlestar reboot, like, so bad now. Like, Could I'm so good. curious. All right. But uh, back to Suicide Squad. So that's a lot of names. Yeah. And so the first thing we said is, what the hell is James Gunn doing with a cast this big? And he didn't wait long to kind of explain that. Yeah. This dude's going to kill a lot of people in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, a Suicide Squad movie comes just built in in the concept with the need for some some team deaths. A yeah. lot of team deaths. Like, there maybe should only be, like, one or two survivors of a Suicide Squad mission, but... Well, in the I first movie, like, didn't live up to that at all. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> no, they were all trying to humanize and make everybody have a comfy... And they killed one dude moment. at the beginning yeah. and was like, uh, that's pretty much it until the end of the movie. You mean the guy that was promoted so heavily in yeah, all the no. trailers? What was yeah. it? Slipknot? Slipknot, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Slipknot. Corey Taylor's got a, got a phone call coming about a trademark. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is, I mean, and this is, I mean, James Gunn, like, he just basically said, I'm going to kill a lot of people in this movie. So here's my theory with this. The first, like, ten minutes are going to be this one team that Amanda just kills half a dozen characters at the end of it and just goes, you guys failed, dead. And then, and then we'll get the. And second then we get the second wave. Will be or in, okay. The more, the more likely main stars. I almost want them though. Yeah, he to even like, tweeted it out. Don't get too attached. Yeah, to I almost want them to spread it out though. Yeah. I would almost like it to where like you get a team together and then they go and do this thing and then you're constantly getting new people introduced because people keep dying. So like this team, that the team be, by the beginning of the movie looks completely different than the team at the end. That would be. I like both those concepts. Yeah. I like a concept where we get to like play out an initial like. 10, 20 minute yeah. mini movie where this team of Suicide Squad people who are utterly just totally incapable. It's just the X-Force like, scene from Deadpool 2. Yeah, just, they're just yeah. totally incapable and they go on this mission and they just all end up getting horribly murdered. And so, and then like Amanda Waller, and that would be great James Gunn comedy and Amanda Waller's just, oh, yeah. ah, fuck. And then she has <laughs> yeah. to go and like, go find Idris Elba and like recruit a bunch of the people she didn't want to use from the first mission because she hates them. <laughs> Cena, I, I desperately need Cena and Fillion to make it a little ways into the movie. Oh, no, they, yes. I would say, I mean, obviously, you can tell who's probably going to die. I mean, like, any good movie or horror movie, like, outside of, like, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho that throws you, or something like X-Force, yeah. or, like, in Deadpool 2, like, yeah, you can tell who's going to probably live and die. Uh, there's a lot of expendable names on here. Do you think like, they have the balls to kill off Idris early? That because that would uh, I feel Idris? Idris I feel Gun will not kill him specifically, but I, I think he will take one person that yeah. you think is safe. I think Michael just Rooker, to make a statement. Like Michael Rooker would be one that he would kill because if you've seen the Belco experiment, like he kills Michael Rooker and David Dasmalchian in that movie. Like right, off, I mean Michael Rooker is one of the first to go in a horrible death. Yeah. Where he gets his head beat in with a wrench by David Dasmalchian, <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately gets beat up by a, a woman who's hiding in the basement. Like so, 
Yeah. Those two, it'd be almost great if it was a running gag just to have those two. They like, became the car mine of yeah. James Gunn movies. <laughs> got, like, killed right off the bat. Oh, uh, man. But that would be great. So, like, yeah, that the question of who is he going to, I mean, how much is he going to kill is the big one. The other one is, who are all these people playing in yeah, terms of DC Comics characters? We're going to be doing a crazy amount of slideshows, like, here's every, every DC comic uh, villain referenced in the Suicide Squad. But I love this so much because, like, yeah. there's so many D-list characters. And I hope DC it, has. And I hope they play with the like. Okay, so the first Suicide Squad was just horrendous in its storytelling. For basically, it gets made fun of all the time for basically redoing, trying to get the beginning of the movie right like three different times. Pretty much. Like just a montage of here's everybody. Yeah. Here's everybody, and here's everybody. And then, like, you're like, okay, but we've done this. Yeah. And here's Batman. Yeah, and it's like three different things. So I hope in this one it's just, like, painfully simple. It's just, like, a montage of just, like, Ratman, Dotman, and that's, like, all you get. And I feel like somebody should be, like, a like, character like Harley Quinn, like, can we go over that again? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> like, but, like, that's, I trust this movie so much in Gunn's yeah. hands. I mean, I just, you know, if we get... Guardians Volume 2, like that opening sequence is so different and so fun and whatever. If we get just a smidgen of that for this opening team, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, like a slow-mo musical number of them just all getting slaughtered would be a great opening sequence. Yeah. And that's something James Gunn would do too, just an opening sequence of just a bunch of people getting horribly slaughtered. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I totally do. All right, I'm in. Um, I would also do like one where a psycho type thing, um, to reference psycho again, where you put a bunch of stars in the beginning and it looks like it's one kind of movie. And they go in, and then, like you said, halfway through, they're just like, oh, my God, everything just got... And then you have to, like, basically restart yeah. again with, like, a new team. But that's intentional, you yeah. know, as opposed to being just like, oh, well, <laughs> we just have to scrap the story. Like, right. it's an intentional play on that, and I think it... Yeah, I think both of the ways, though, would be great. Yeah. All right. So, still looking forward. Suicide Squad's probably one of my most anticipated DC movies besides Joker, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving right along, we're going to plug our review of Creep Show is now up on comicbook.com horror uh, by our own Patrick Kavanaugh. And uh, that's his name. God, I just, yeah, I've been calling him Wolfman for so long. Patrick Kavanaugh, like, you got it right. Yeah. Sorry, Patrick. I've been calling you Wolfman for so long. <laughs> like, that's your, that's your, that is your fault for hiding your name and identity. I do that. Us I do that so with Nicole long. all the time with Suburban Flamingo. I'm yeah. always just like, Suburban. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, yeah. no. It's Our Nicole. horror guru, Patrick Kavanaugh, uh, yeah, for a long time, he would only kind of show up as this icon of a wolf, and he was the Wolfman. That was like his whole thing, and he didn't tell us who he was, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, nobody in this company uses their real names. We've had a guy on the show change names in the middle of the show already. I that's use my real true. name. I use my real name. But you've changed aliases once already. Well, that's true. Like, yeah. But I was upfront about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this whole company's like that. I don't know anybody. I don't even know if your name is Connor Casey. I you guys think my name's Connor? You idiots. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we have name a review of Creep Chad. Show, the return of Creep Show up. Uh, it's coming back. It's on Shutter, I believe. And Patrick reviewed it and says it lives up to the original, both in kind of terms of the... Uh, Kind of campy horrorness, but also the actual scares and creep factor of it. Be sure to check out that review on uh, comicbook.com because horror because we're getting into October and it's time to get into some more horror stuff. All right, finally today we have a quick grenade. I'm going to toss in the room. Scared. And it's this. <laughs> My question to you guys is: I frighten easily. Birds of Prey. Ooh. Has dropped a first teaser, a first trailer. 
Um, kind of poster. Kind of poster. <laughs> yeah. And what are you guys feeling? There's some buzz. We okay. Like, let's just put out the caveat. We have not really seen anything from this movie. No. Mm. We've seen one production teaser, one official teaser, and a sort of poster, like Matt said. Um, and yet and still, I'm not having a good feeling about this movie. And I don't like to be Mr. Debbie Downer before we actually see more, but there's just a lot of red flags for me so far. And I think Birds of Prey is going to be another troubled DC production. That's just my prediction. The grenade in the room I want to throw in is, is this movie already kind of screwed or is it too early for people to be jumping to that conclusion? Do you guys have a lot of hope for Birds of Prey? Do you have a lot of hope in Ewan McGregor's Black Mask? Because I do not right now. This movie looks like it's in love with the smell of its own farts from Suicide Squad. Wow. That's how I, <laughs> that's how I feel about how this movie looks. Wow. Jeez. There goes the grenade. I, did. <laughs> I think this thing looks awful. I think it's taking the worst lessons that were learned from Suicide Squad. Which, oh, hey, Margot Robbie's attractive in her hot pants and clown makeup. Let's do more of that. And let's have let's have you and McGregor play an obnoxious villain, and the rumor that they're going to try and out him, and that's like a subplot. Screw this whole thing. I'm out. Uh, I'd miss that. Wait, what's this? I'd, I'd miss, miss that. that. Piece. Yeah, there's a there was a rumor going around that part of the plot is going to be that McGregor is going to have some compromising photos, and the group is going to use it to blackmail him, and that the twist is that he's actually gay, and the photos reveal that. And I'm like, that is all kinds of not okay. Wow, I didn't even know that part. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard that part. I mean, yeah. that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, his black mask, the thing I, I mean, that's just a whole lot to process. Yeah, but yeah. Like, it's, it's outside <laughs> of that, like, yeah, I mean, it's just like this very campy, kind of almost 2000s comic book villain looking thing. I mean, we've only seen snippets of him, but in, in it, he's playing Roman Soros as Soros. I can never say his name. Anyway, as this kind of flamboyant kind of, Almost like rich boy, rock star type deal. And yeah, that feels so very wrong He's for Black. He's playing Mask. him like Leto played Joker. Yeah, and, exactly. And to me, now, okay, so my, my thing is not as negative as you guys. I, I haven't seen enough. I, I will not say that I am completely sold, by no means. I haven't seen enough to really judge this like do i feel great about it right now not so much i loved the castings when that was announced i like the people in these roles but i don't necessarily love because it does kind of feel like suicide squad point five it, it you, does you, you feel would, like you that. immediately lose me with that pseudo title whatever the fantabulous, oh, the fantabulous. emancipation well see that no. part i don't actually have a I don't, it's not even I don't have a problem with it. I'm conflicted. I love Birds of Prey in the comics. Like, I'm a huge fan of this team. Yeah, I this love Huntress. That. This is not my Birds of Prey. Automatically. Hashtag not my Birds it's, of it's Prey. It's not the one I was hoping for. Yeah. I understand why they had to, like, throw Harley in because Margot Robbie is a, is a star as that character. They have, that is, aside from Wonder Woman, right? And, like, Aquaman, that is the character that they can get the most bank out of. So it made sense for them to put her in a prominent role. If they have they have this overarching plan, right, according to rumors of like Gotham City Sirens, and then we'll get another movie where maybe Batgirl will come into the role she's supposed to be in as kind of the leader and Oracle and stuff like that. 
This movie, I'm not well, have, sold. Haven't they already killed the uh, no, Martin Robbie and Jared Leto? Oh, movie? that one got killed, I believe. All right, yeah, so. that, that, that was the one yeah. that's dead. If that um, one's already dead, I I wouldn't be shocked if more to follow. I enjoy Black Mask in the books. I've never, there's never to me been like this definitive Black Mask take. So I don't even have a problem with them taking liberties with that character. I just don't necessarily love th- what I've did seen you, so did far. Did you see the animated version of Under the Red Hood? Yes, that was. Probably That's the good. best black mass I've seen. Yeah, but it, there's just not like it's not like the Joker where there's there are these definitive. Hey, this is how you do black mask right. There's not really been that. No. There have been some yeah. good interpretations, but nothing that iconic. But generally, it's supposed to be kind of psychotic and scary. Yeah, he's yeah. a mob boss. I mean, that's what he is, right? A he's ridiculously a, he's a quick fuse. Yeah, he's a thug. So I don't have that thing of where I'm comparing it to. That said, though, I'm not necessarily hyped. I need to see that trailer has a lot to kind of prove to me and those reshoots rumors and all that stuff doesn't doesn't give me any kind of faith either. Yeah, John Wick director Chad Stahelski is supposedly doing the reshoots and doing the action scenes we talked about. Which I love. Yeah, so do the I. fact that it needed it in the first place. Yeah, it means is, we didn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we just had a lot of style but no substance and then that's where and you know the director Kathy Yan is it? Oh, birds of prey. I believe. Kathy Yan, yeah. Um, like, she's not very tested on this level of, of movie making. Has made some good projects. Not trying to take away from Kathy Yan. Um, but. What I will say is. Yeah, she's made a couple shorts in a movie called Dead Pigs, which is not on the level of this. Which I'm fine with, because that's worked out real for Marvel, right? So, I mean, I'm not going to judge her resume and go, you can't do this. But Marvel also has a Marvel machine behind it. It's true. But I'm just saying as far as directors, like getting a director that's not necessarily on that huge, giant stage all the time. I'm not going to write that off. Also, Huntress actually looks pretty freaking cool. Huntress is the most faithful so far to the street Hero, it, I ha- I need to see more, but it, yes. It just feels weird that we're building off of a part of the DCEU that no longer exists. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's that's where my frustration comes from. Yeah. I agree. All right. So that's our grenade. You guys weigh in. Hashtag comic book nation. What do you think? Is Birds of Prey going to pleasantly surprise us? Do you think this movie's in trouble? What are you thinking? Let us know. All right. So when we come back, we are going to take a deep dive. And this week, we are going to deep dive into Matt breaking down the new comics of the week for us. And Connor and Matt recapping all of the trash they talked about WWE's <laughs> Clash of Champions event and how the actuals measured up. So be sure to stay tuned for that. All right, we are back and ready for our deep dive. And if you guys are wondering where Brandon Davis is today, he's staring at me creepily from the window oh, right Lord. now. Yes. Hi, Brandon Davis. <laughs> And he's in the back. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> no, oh, what a creeper. Like Slenderman over here. What the hell? creeping over here. Uh, Brand- Brandon Slenderman Davis. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Oh, boy. So, nice. back to it. Matt, we're cutting something from the show today, so we're going to make it a little shorter because we went over on a little time. So, That's Matt, fine. take us through the comics of the week. What's good? What should we be buying? What should we be reading? All right, so I'll make this quick. Let's just do a quick run through. So, uh, Batman 79, we are getting closer and closer to Tom King's, like, the end of his run. 
Uh, this this last few issues have been fen- phenomenal. I've loved it. Uh, so if you were kind of, if you jumped off because there was a lot of filler, which there was in the middle of his run, these last few issues have been fantastic. I would suggest to jump back on because this is just a great Batman Catwoman story. So 79 is in stores this week. Uh, also, uh, Teen Titans number 34. Uh, by the way, I will get into some spoiler territory. Uh, So there is a big reveal here towards the end of the book uh, that you will want to pay attention to if you have been following this book. Uh, It definitely will surprise you. Uh, I really enjoy this book, so definitely check that out. Uh, Also, Steeple Number 1 is a book from Dark Horse that is out. I know typically it's a lot of the big two, but definitely check that one out. It's recommended. It was very good. Uh, Excellence Number 5 is also another one that's from Image. Uh, Definitely, that series has been fantastic. Could not recommend it more. So definitely check that out as well. Uh, Once in Future, number two from Boom Studios is the King Arthur book uh, I talked about before. This issue, this these two issues have been fantastic. If you are a King Arthur lover of the myths and the lore and stuff like that, this finds a really fun new way uh, to use that and twist it into some unexpected areas. Great book. So the second issue is out in stores now. Uh, Absolute Carnage, number three. This continues to be like if House of X and Powers of X weren't here. Absolute Carnage would be like my number one favorite series right now. It's surprisingly good. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And and three has a final page that will just like, it's fantastic. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait for that. Uh, Also, G.I. Joe number one launches. Uh, If you're, and this is from IDW, if you are a uh, fan of that franchise, they're doing some really interesting things with it. Essentially, the premise is that Cobra has won. Um, so kind of like when we got into that whole discussion about the movies, kind of what Rise tried to do with like Cobra winning and taking over, they take it, but you know, it's good. So, (laughs) so, uh, there, and they also make a statement early on that like, no one is safe here. Uh, and so this was, this blew me away. This was like my biggest surprise of the week. So GI Joe number one, definitely check that out. Um, also Spider-Man number one. Uh, this one you might not want to check out. Eesh. Yeah, this I one is. This. this was bad. This was J.J. Abrams' big comic oh, debut. Son, his sons. Him and his oh. son. Uh, this was. This I feel like in the office is getting like universally panned. Like this is. How much lens flares in it? Not a ton, but uh, what we were talking about is that like, for an A class team, for like an A plus creative team, this book just feels. Like it was a paycheck. It feels it has that feel to it. Um, it is not at all about Spider-Man. Well, it, really, it's weird how they're like, "Hey, we're bringing J.J. Abrams on to do a Spider-Man book that has nothing to do with him." And yeah, we're gonna completely reset the status quo for it. It's it's and it's its own. By the way, it's its own pocket. It's not tied to continuity, or at least it better not be <laughs> in any way. So it's just a one-off. So you know, if you want to check that out, great. Uh, also, do not fall. Uh, Marvel trolled me, and they put Darkhawk on the front of Guardians of the Galaxy's new issue. Uh, he's not in the issue, so you suck. You suck, Marvel, <laughs> for doing that and trolling me. I read that book specifically because Darkhawk was on the front, and he's not. So put I'm saving everybody else. Darkhawk's name. Yes, don't do that to me. That's trolly. I don't like it. So that was uh, my rundown of comics this week. Definitely uh, a ton to, a ton to read. What? What did I miss? House of X. Hawks. I get so used to us talking. So we are going to definitely talk about that. Thursday, we're gonna have a deep dive. Uh, what I will a lot to talk about yeah, this week. Yeah. What I will say, without spoil, I'm not gonna spoil that one. Go read it. Is my God, there's so many. Like we've been waiting for some answers. Those answers come. They do it in some really interesting ways. And Hickman makes so many deep cut 
deep cuts. I will just leave it at that. You yes. will definitely want to tune in. You need in to get your X Men Encyclopedia out for this one for sure. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Matt, for keeping us up on what's yep. new in comics. Now, you and Connor, it's time for your penance. Penance. <laughs> who was right? Who was wrong? WWE Clash of Champions. Let's talk wrestling. Let's talk wrestling. So, my fear of what they were going to do with Braun Strowman did not come true. It did not. Thankfully. Uh, what did you think of the main event? Because to me, it, it, it was just okay. Um, that's also how I felt. Yeah. I felt, uh, I actually, I felt that a lot about a lot of the matches in this. Uh, there was a lot of promise. Is it, is it fair to say this was the worst card of the year? Worst card? No. Worst WWE card. Worst, like, the card itself is, is a great I'm talking card. about the actual show. Okay, the actual show is, it, I wouldn't say worse. I'd have to go back and, and look, because there have already been a lot of pay-per-views. We, went on, we went on a string there of the, the booking and the promoting is terrible, but the show is really good because yeah. all they can do is wrestle at this point. Yeah. And it reminds you, hey, this is the best roster this company's ever seen. Yeah. This under-delivered. Yeah. This would be near the bottom because I, maybe that's the thing of a bar, right? Because the other one's, you know, stomping grounds. We gave – there was a very low bar. We were like, this should – this should be fine. And then it was great. And we're like, hey, you know, we did that a lot. And mm -hmm. this one, you look at the card and the potential it has, and then you get the final thing. And it was fine. Like, there were a lot of fine, solid matches. They, they kept stumbling over themselves. Like, right. We, we talked before we went on air. The Sasha-Becky match was awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> Here's the problem. The de Spoiler, that's my match. The disqualification happens, and they don't bother telling anybody for another 15 minutes after the fact while they're still fighting and they go oh by the way this match got thrown out a while back well that's see, why everyone in the arena started booing well that's the that's the problem though because if you were watching online if you're watching it on network or whatever cole says it but that's twice. never how they do it though. i know but i'm saying like we know it was a weird disconnect because the people who are watching know that that is likely the outcome because he says she just she just di disqualified herself the match is like done but you wait because they never did it in house, so the arena still thinks thinks the match is going on. The match is going on. Out. He's going to wake up and then count the pin. Yeah, but they never do. So then it's like it's this weird disconnect of I didn't feel robbed because I already knew it, but mm -hmm. I get why the people in there were like, "Well, what are you talking about? We've been waiting for five minutes that this match has been going <laughs> and, on, and, and no one told us it was over." And on top of that, you had back to back twenty minute matches with Kofi and Orton, where you could have cut out ten from the title match and. Heck, twelve from Roman uh, Roman like Rowan. Too long for any match. I told uh, you. It really depends. I told like, you Kofi Orton was gonna be boring, and it was boring. It was. <laughs> I will eat crow. It was boring. I'm so sorry. boring. I apologize to the Brotherhood of Kofi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that hurts, man. <laughs> it was so boring. Uh, uh, Luke Harper coming back was cool, though. No idea what they're doing with that. You know, and I okay, you're gonna hate me for this. The Fiend thing was cool. It was the best part. It was cool. But I'm so, I'm already ready for like, I'm looking forward to their thing at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Because I want, I'm, I'm actually kind of done with the teases. I'm done with the dude just coming out and scaring the bejesus out of everybody. The more I see it, the more corny it looks. So I'm, I want them to get in matches. I want him to start being a force and prove it in the ring. So I saw this comparison pop up last night. Oops. People are comparing the Firefly Funhouse, The Fiend, everything with Wyatt that's gone mm -hmm. on since post-WrestleMania. They're comparing it to the summer of punk. Okay. We're talking 2011, CM Punk, best in the world, cuts yeah. the pipe bomb promo. 
And it's a fair comparison because every single segment that he's on television is compelling because you're looking for every tiny little detail that he's dropping in those funhouse segments. Every time he's in the ring as the fiend, everyone's jaw just hits the floor because we don't know what the heck's going to go on next. And last night was a perfect example of that. He pops up out of nowhere, takes down Kane, who was a surprise in his own right, then crawls up to Seth and just sneers at him. But who, okay, he took down Kane. No, but it was and, cool. Oh, you yeah. took down a governor. What is, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a, a monster. A, he's a, a dude mayor. For, okay, mayor. Truth. He's, a, he's a mayor. He took down a mayor. Ah, but he hasn't legend. wrestled in how long? He's taken down Mick Foley. Is that Foley. really a challenge? He's taken down Kurt Angle. He's taken he's down... He's all old people. Down <laughs> yeah, thank you. He's taking yeah. down legends, he's, he's, he's taking down all the old people. Please, like, here's the thing. I, I totally with you on Funhouse stuff. That stuff is gold. His mm-hmm. segments during shows and, and clo- all that. Closing out fantastic. this episode, which is the distorted theme song. I, I like that, but just coming out and like the whole thing of I'm going to take down this clearly I'm better than person now. Adding another person to that is not build him in any way. I was bored. And I, I was I like. I think it helps establish him. I get, and there may be so, some fans that do. For me, I'm over that. I want to see him in the ring and po- make him a force. Because he's beating his contemporaries, that is when we will understand that he is to Give be. that man a real challenge. Yes. So here's the real question. We're a few weeks away from Hell in a Cell, and we've got two matches already announced, both inside the cell. Yeah. Sasha versus Becky and Seth versus Bray. Yeah. What's the main event? Oh, uh, it's probably Seth versus Bray. That's a good call. I agree. I think yeah. while there's a lot behind Becky and Sasha, I... I just feel like there is so much momentum behind yeah, Ray that yeah, you I cannot risk. I don't think it's a knock against one. I no. really think it's just the fiend. It's that's where it is right now. He has audiences captivated. He's and, got and, now. It and would be stupid and he's not got to make a win. Him you, you you kind of need to strike with the. That's my hot. that's my point though. Is I don't want to see him taking down any more of these people. That of course he's going to take those down. He needs to build. That was always Bray's problem before, and it'll be the same thing again. You take a great premise and you crap on it because he loses all the yeah, time the, 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 the trick is like whether it was the dean ambrose whether it was chris jericho whether it was john cena yeah he didn't win no he never won and that was what mattered and he kept his belt for like what a month not just about just yeah. about a month so yeah that's where they can make you go all right i believe it because ww backs him and anyway. kofi one last thing before we sign off because there's a big wrestling event this week this wednesday nxt is moving partially anyway from the WWE Network to the USA Network, and our boy Matt here is going to start our weekly coverage of yeah, the show. Yeah, buddy. What can fans look forward to in this first episode? Oh, uh, so we have so right now there's only a couple confirmed matches. It's going to be you can expect some surprises. Uh, first off, there's going to be uh, Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. Fulfill the undisputed prophecy. That should be a great. That should. I mean, it has Dream, so it's going to be a great match. Yeah, period. Uh, then there's going to be a number one contenders match with uh, Candice LeRae. Uh, Bianca Belair, uh, Lo Shirai, Eo. and Io Shirai. Eo Shirai. I say, okay, sorry, my bad. Uh, and then is it Mia Yim? Mia Yim. Yeah, okay, I got it right. Yeah, what? what? Uh, and then Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane, which actually is the one that I am looking forward to the most. Matt Riddle is a future WrestleMania main eventer. And I love Dane. And Dane's awesome. Dane is Dane like this, boy. If you've never seen Killian Dane, he's literally a Viking come to life. He's this big, <laughs> this big dude. Uh, he's just. Like this imposing force of nature. And then you put someone like Riddle, who's so skilled in actual like MMA fighting, can actually fight, right? So you put those two together. I cannot wait to see that. What I'm hoping for, uh, Kevin Owens has been rumored to make uh, an appearance. 
I'm hoping that Tony Storm makes an appearance. She recently lost the belt in NXT UK. Be a perfect shot in the arm. That division, the women's division in NXT, could use uh, some other, some more juice to get just outside of Baszler and Ripley, right? So I would like to see her come over, and that would be a great shot. Kevin Owens coming back to NXT, where he was a god-tier level heel. Yes. This would be awesome to see him come back. Absolutely. All right, that'll do it for wrestling and this episode of Comic Book Nation as a whole. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you are just new to the show, we post new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com. There you can go to subscribe to our RSS feed, which will keep you up to date on future episodes of the show. Or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, iHeartRadio. Or you can tell any Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and it will begin playing for you. If you want to continue the discussion with us about anything we talked about on the show, hit us up on the hashtag ComicBookNation and let us know your thoughts. Or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at MattAguilarCB. At ConnorCasey underscore CB. And if you want to leave us a nice review of the show, go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and when we go our periodic reads of reviews on the show, if we read yours on the air, we will send you a free Comic Book Nation t-shirt. So... We just did a batch of reviews on the last show. We're going to let our shipping department, you know, do their I slow. I Jim. <laughs> yeah, producer Jim Viscardi, do their slow process of getting those shirts out to you. Uh, give us some time. Give us a few weeks to get those out to you. And uh, another couple episodes or so, we'll do another round of reviews. So make sure you guys get those in. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening and or watching with us. This is Comic Book Nation. We're out. Deuces. <laughs>